All right, cool. We are live, and guys, thank you so much for joining the Geeks of the Week podcast. We are now on episode seventeen, I think. We're, I'm gonna it's stop a saying crazy number. Yeah, it's I know, a crazy number. like we've got to because like soon we're gonna get to like a hundred, and we're gonna be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know, like I know, I know. Raiders of the Lost podcast hit their hundredth episode a couple weeks back, and I know they're probably just like, "How the fuck did we get here?" Like, I know, God, and okay. they're twins. They've been living their whole lives together, and it still has to be jarring. You know, I'm a twin, and like, I even look at them and go, "Like, y'all don't get sick of each other." Like, <laughs> like y'all, y'all are both into the same shit. Like, like I feel like a lot. I think it's important for like siblings to have like their own shit kind of going on. Yeah. Do stuff together. Like that's that's great, especially if you have similar interests. Great, but. I don't care if you're the same person. You're going to get, I, I would get sick of like seeing my face all the time. Oh, know? I absolutely would. I yeah. like, I, I've been fascinated. I think a lot of people who aren't twins are fascinated by twins just because mm-hmm. it's just, it's so interesting. Like the idea, and I know that you're not, you guys are fraternal twins. You and Regrettably. your brother, right? Regrettably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I can't, I, I cannot imagine just walking around. And I know that they, they actually just saw a video about this. It's like there, there's just allegedly like six people out there in the world that like have your basically your same face. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. yep. But like the but like growing up next to one has got to be like a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother thing. I mean, like I just see him as like my he's he's my now thanks to Loki. He's my variant for sure. Like and I'm his <laughs> variant. So and that's the way I like to think about it is that we're we're twins, but we're variants of each other so that's, I, that's true that's crazy yeah so like we, we, you'll you'll meet them and you'll see like the, the the similarities like we have the same nose like we have the same like kind of like lips and like just mannerisms and things of that sort but there's clearly a like a, he has a beard and i think i i encourage that beard to be honest like <laughs> if justin if you're, you're the inspiration for the beard justin if you're if you're justin if you're listening yes you took my beard i know you did but he has the dreads <laughs> so i think he's waiting for me to copy those so it's <laughs> It is what it is. It's the it's the rivalry that we have, the sibling rivalry. But it's it is what it is. But guys, well, funny you bring that up because this is the first podcast that we're recording since we've met in real life. I know, and that was honestly, how weird is that? that? That was a very weird experience, but it was a very great experience. It was a it was a pleasant yeah. experience because, like you know, we met online. We've had dozens of com- shit, probably hundreds of conversations online and through text and through phone calls and things of that sort. <laughs> and like, I've, guys, I've always had like this like notion that Megan was short. Like she's all she said that she's short. But it was, like, yeah. at this point, like, leading up to us meeting, I was, like, really, like, going wild. Like, I was I was having, like, legit, like, daytime, like, meet, first meeting <laughs> fantasies of, like, how short is she going to be? Like, is she like is she going to be under my chest? Is she going to be under my chin? Like, where, how how <laughs> short are we talking here? Does she need two step stools? Does she need a double step <laughs> step stool? I can't wait to find out. Guys, I'm happy to report Megan is, like, right under my chin. Like yeah. right under my chin, I can like walk up in front of her. Oh. <laughs> <Just>. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I've been told by many people that my my head is like like good armrest size, like good yep. chin size. Yep. Like I and I feel like I also give off like Polly Pocket energy. Like I feel like <laughs> like I've definitely got like you know the Chihuahua type. I think it's more like yeah. a cat, but you know what I mean, like small small being. <laughs> Like aggressive energy, yes. you know. Yes, like Chihuahua, like Chihuahua, yeah, like Chihuahua yeah. vibe. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ba- basically, seeing you like when we we're like talking in person, I can say that all day. Talking in person with Megan <laughs> and Julian. Uh, when we were talking, like you gave me vibes of like the. It was this. It was this TikTok video that I saw, and it was that song that like you know it has the girl. She does this like really cool rap, and then she goes. Venom, you don't like pussy and power. Venom, and then like you know, she's like <laughs> yeah. Venom, and like 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 it's like her, and she's like rapping, and the whole video, she's like looking up, and she's like super aggressive, and she's rapping it, and never like who get that so to speak, and then she goes Venom, and then it shows like her boyfriend's POV, and she's like all the way down, like on the floor, <laughs> yeah. but she's still looking up at him all aggressive, like Venom, yeah, Venom, and that's that's the vibe I got from you. You had like Venom like vibe, like little Venom. <laughs> like type vibe and i'm just like oh, you know so cute the, you know it's you gotta you gotta work hard to cram as much uh <laughs> as much personality into such a small package yeah uh and i i, I try really hard i try you, really hard you succeed you succeed because you do have all the personality it was everything that i expected plus more meeting you in person so that was that it was, was really so great. it was so awesome like, you're right it was surreal because like literally We've only interacted, and I guess, you know, pandemic life, we've only interacted through screens and you have like this idea of a person, but then get, but the nice thing is, is when you actually get to meet someone in person and they meet and exceed your expectations, which you absolutely get. That part, that part, see, that, that, that just cemented our connection. Our connection was at first Wi-Fi, but now there's a physical component as well. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say 5G, but no, it's more than that. (laughs) It's a uh, hold 5G. up. It's it's uh it's Ethernet. It's it's cords <laughs> involved. So. It's the future. It's, it's so good. Future. Our references are so are so good right now. Our metaphors are like really on point today. We're really it. nailing it. We are we, nailing this episode. But Megan, tell them why we met in person, though. Tell we met in person for the best the best reason ever was so that we could go see. The Suicide Squad, James oh, Gunn's The yeah. Suicide Squad. Mm, honestly, like that was like on, that was such a fucking cool movie. Like that God, was such a I, that just a cool experience, like all around. Yes, you know? like, yeah, it really was. It was like, just. I don't want to say we're awesome. better than people. I don't want to say we're <laughs> better than people. Like I'm not saying that at all. But it felt really cool to like see the movie like a full like two weeks before anybody else would see it. it you, you know. know? For this one specifically, too, I was terrified about spoilers because I did yeah. not get to go see Black Widow until like it was only like five days after the release. Mm-hmm. But I and she's she was already dead, but I already had spoilers in my comments like 24 hours after the movie came out. Yeah, I was like, pe- oh, my God, people were waiting to spoil that one, too. Like, I remember my uh, TikTok live chat was just going off with spoilers. And I was just like, God, what the fuck? Like, why are you spoiling this movie? Yes. Like, why? Why? <laughs> yes. Of all movies, like. You show restraint during Avengers Endgame, but Black Widow's the movie you just want to spill all the beans for. Yep. Like, and so I was terrified. I was so I was so glad to go see Suicide Squad well before its release because mm-hmm. I was absolutely terrified of spoilers. Because I, yeah. this movie has been on my most anticipated list for a long time. Same. Uh, which I was really surprised. Were you surprised at the amount of people still who were like, "I'm not excited because I hated the first movie." Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, what? I think that's because most people don't understand that, like. Who they don't understand who James Gunn is. They don't. They're not yeah. familiar with the fact that he fucking directed Guardians of the Galaxy, and that you know this is like a complete like re like a soft reboot slash like quasi sequel and things of that sort. Yeah. So nobody really thought about that, and I think that's like the people who are saying like I'm not really excited because the first one sucked. It's like okay, then you're definitely not like up on what it took to get this movie made. 
Yeah. And so, like the yeah. creative process too, because like I feel like people don't understand that like just because two movies exist in the same universe or like the, whether whether, you know, you consider this like a soft reboot or like a sequel that doesn't really have anything to do like exists it's only a sequel in like premise alone and nothing else uh the creative teams behind the movies were completely different completely different you know it's like it's it's like saying i didn't like toby Maguire's spider-man so i'm not really excited to see andrew garfield's spider-man doesn't kind make of, sense you know like you it's just, just say you don't like spider-man <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's just they're they're just and I, I get that a lot of people don't like don't know a ton about like the the right. way that the film industry works but for anyone listening now who does not know like if you didn't like the first suicide squad which i absolutely hated hated it this, awful this, there's no like existing reason going in why you would like ha- be predisposed to hate this movie unless you just yeah. hate dc characters you have got like a vendetta against harley quinn or the suicide squad as a premise like if you don't like the idea of villains being made to save the world uh it's not for you it's that that, yeah yeah you just don't like the initial premise but don't don't say that like you know i don't like this movie because i didn't like the first movie because this is exactly what it was meant to be and it's a fresh start yeah it's a it's a it's a fresh start and like and i think that's like very important to like know going in because i think a lot of people they'll see harley quinn they'll see amanda waller they'll see Mm. uh captain boomerang and they'll say oh so it's basically a sequel yes but no like yes but no like yeah. it's, it's it's basically what cars three is the cars two like don't acknowledge it <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> acknowledge it it pretends that it doesn't exist did it happen maybe possible but we're not gonna even think about it like it's it's literally the spirit like the actual successor to the first cars so yeah. and this suicide squad is actually like you can look at this and not even pay attention to the 2016 version and there's nothing from that version that makes you go like oh yeah i gotta watch if it's because of the continuation of storylines no it literally you could start from right here and you will be 100 percent fine yeah absolutely but um i would this was also on my uh this was also on my most anticipated like movie list as well like especially like you know the uh <laughs> the controversy that happened with james gunn and like you know with his tweets getting resurfaced and getting yeah. fired from guardians of the galaxy 3 and then dc scooped him up quick fast and in a hurry and said like hey we'll give you suicide squad i was on board from that like i was just yeah. on board for that because i knew that warner brothers was going to give him all the control that he needed because they were going to make a statement to disney like hey this is what you're missing we're going to use your guy to make the best movie ever and to do that we need to give him full creative control and i was with that type of energy I wish that more studios would understand how important it is for directors to have creative control. Like, I really, I do think, like, David Ayer has, I, I feel I feel so bad for David Ayer. I'm not like, you know, I we've talked yeah, briefly about this. I'm not like a huge David Ayer fan. I don't, it's not like I, you know, it's not like I, I, I don't think, you know, he's someone whose career I would be following regardless. But it does sound like, you know, the studio really jerked him around. And it, it, to be fair, like, I've been trying to find this, this original script. Because um, he's also said some things that I do also find a little bit weird. Like he intended to put a romance between Harley uh, and Deadshot in the first movie, which I'm not really, really? on board with. Yeah. Um, and I I mean, I think it would be better than the like ridiculous romanticization of the relationship between Harley and Joker that we ended up getting in 2016 uh, Suicide Squad, <laughs> which yeah. also yeah. made no sense. Like I rewatched that movie recently and like, 
Joker's like trying to save her, but then at the end of the movie, he like Joker throws her out of a helicopter. Yeah. And Joker would never do that, anyways. Yeah, like that. Yeah. he does. He does not care about her at all. So yeah, it was just it was they weird. Try, the, it was really, like, the, the weirdest thing about that was like they tried to imply that Joker tried to save her by throwing her out of the helicopter because the helicopter's going down. I'm like, did Joker just commit a heroic act? Like, yeah. it just didn't like. It just didn't feel right, and it it's funny. Dumb. It's funny when you bring up like because I didn't know about the Deadshot Harley potential romance. Like it, it makes. I'm not saying that romance itself makes sense, but from a studio perspective, like studios just love like their main characters like being in yeah. romantic relationships, even if it doesn't work. Like hello, yeah. Hulk and Natasha. But yeah. but with it with uh, that, I think it's hilarious that you know. David Ayer wanted that relationship, but then you know they tried to establish a relationship, a loving relationship between Joker and Harley, and he, even David Ayer was just like, "Nah, nah, I'm not even going that far, bro." Like, I'll yeah. go Harley and Deadshot. Harley and Joker is like a no go. Yeah, so, and yeah. I mean people people love Will Smith and they love Margot Robbie and like that. I don't even remember what the name of that movie that they Focus. did together was. I was gonna yeah. say just watch Focus. But people, you know, I'm sure people would have loved. People, not necessarily like for comic book reasons, but just audiences, I'm sure would have enjoyed seeing them together. Two attractive people getting together. You know, I pretty much am Harley and Ivy only ever always these days. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I hate, I I don't like Harley being defined by her romantic relationships in general. Yes, yes. Um, But I mean, yeah, that whole first movie was every scene with Harley in it is just objectification, sexualization. (laughs) Yeah, all the time. So it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty hard to watch. Yeah, the slow mo pan up shot as she's throwing on her shirt is like what? And everybody like stops and keeps. Yeah, like whatever. Um, <laughs> with it, with the, with this film though, like I really, I really like the uh, the Harley characterization. Not like getting it again. This is a non spoiler review, but like Harley. No spoilers here. Don't worry. Once again, it's a very strong component of this movie. Now I do wish that she was in it a little bit more. Uh, but you could tell, like, you know, they, the movie is very conscious of, like, you know Harley, you know what she's about, like, you're used to, like, her quirks and all these type of things. Let's get you on board with these other characters, like, um, uh, fucking, fuck. I was gonna call him Deadshot, but he's, but his, uh, Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're the same character at this point. I know in the they, comics, they, like, before DC s- people, you come after me, I know they're separate characters, but you gotta remember that it's another black guy who's, shoots things really well and he's yeah. highly motivated by his daughter like it's the sa- like they're the same person well, but like, just with the different brief names. comparison in the film between Bloodsport and peacemaker where like there's Hilarious. like the joke i feel like that was also a reference to the fact that Bloodsport is basically dead shot like yeah. they, they were it was very like meta tongue-in-cheek like that guy seems a lot like me yeah 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 <laughs> like like i just liked the uh the dead shot blood sport not dead shot blood sport but the blood see it's already getting confusing because they all <laughs> do shoot things really well but i was like the relationship between or the dynamic i should say between blood sport and peacemaker is one of the biggest highlights of the film as well like Definitely. just the way that john cena and um, Idris Elba bounce off of each other and play off of each other in that yeah. chemistry. It's really impressive because, like you know, everybody knows like John Cena. He has surprisingly great comedic timing. Yeah. Uh, shit, all wrestlers like <laughs> from The Rock <laughs> to Batista to John Cena. Those people, I don't know what they're teaching them at WWE or WWF or whatever it's called, but their comedic timing is just so on point. It and, really like, is. Just like I could watch an entire like buddy film of just. 
Peacemaker and Bloodsport just like trying to one up each other, just trying to like show who's like the most grittiest, the baddest, like who's the most efficient. Like I just liked that dynamic between those two. So every time those two were just kind of on screen, I knew something amazing was about to happen and I was not disappointed every time it did. So you yeah, know, people kept him. asking me what I thought of John Cena's performance. Like they were expecting it to be terrible. And I, I to be fair, I haven't really seen him in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he was he was a fucking delight yes. in this movie. His yep. performance was outstanding. Like yeah. really great job. I'm happy to say I wasn't I'm happy to say I'm not really surprised. Uh now I was a pro- like you know, I've seen like movies that he's been in, like cock blockers. Like I don't know if you've watched cock blockers. I think it's just I've, called blockers. I've heard of it. With the yeah, cock, I haven't seen it. No sign emoji. <laughs> I'm gonna just call it cock blockers for the, for the sake of funny. But uh, he he's great in it. Like he's great in cock blockers. He's definitely like a scene stealer in every scene. Like he knows how to handle comedy, dialogue. Like he his delivery on a lot of things, physical comedy. Like John Cena. He knows what he's doing when it comes to that. Also, like uh, Bumblebee, he was great in Bumblebee as well. And, you know, he could have came off easily as just like the the military buff guy who comes up to like, you know, I want to take Autobots down. But no, he was a he was a lot more than that. So I uh, seeing him in this rated R setting that still allows him to like have fun with the character and like kind of like put his stamp on it. Like, again, not surprising, but I was surprised at the fact that he was probably one of my favorite characters in the film. If you would have came up to me and said, hey, Straw Hat, did you know that, you know, Peacemaker's, like, the best character in the Suicide Squad film? I would have said, bullshit. Like, what? <laughs> the guy with the fucking, like, as Bloodsport said, a toilet bowl on his head? Like, nah, he's he's amazing. Like, he is brutal. He's hilarious. He's efficient. Uh, <laughs> thorough, as I, as I would like to say. Uh, but, he, yeah, he, he definitely, like, stole the show in, like, a lot of different scenes. And he could have just came off as just, like, you know, the... Uh, vanilla the vanilla killer of the group you know because they're all killers but yeah you know, he could have just been like oh yeah I, I i just kill people and that's it nah this dude he's a fucking problem. i i really thought initially like one of my first impressions of the character is i thought like is this gonna be like a drax knockoff right character but he really like it it, it wasn't it wasn't at all he was incredibly well written and incredibly well not to say that Drax isn't well performed Dave Bautista has immense acting skills like Mm -hmm. that guy Blade Runner 2049 that guy did more with five minutes of screen time than a lot of actors do in entire films I still to see it but like I saw that clip and I was like damn like he needs to (laughs) (laughs) this guy I need to see a backstory like today oh my um, god I would love that I would love but I will also love to see like Drax and Peacemaker like together like and just see how those two interact because again the character the movie what the movie does well is like character dynamics and just kind of like interchanging like polka dot man's talking to blood sport and then like you know rat catchers like interacting with peacemaker and you know all these things but like even like the relationship between like peacemaker and uh king shark like hilarious like yeah yeah (laughs) because you have one dude who's like kind of like you have the scene in a trailer where he's like Oh, uh, Project Starfish. Starfish is in relation to a butthole. Any relation? And he's like, he's very clueless about a lot of stuff. He he has like that kind of Captain America like naivete. He's like not aware of a lot of things, but he's yeah. still a very efficient killer. So you have that guy, and then you have like King Shark, who we also saw in the trailer. It's like kind of childish kind of like dumb just kind of like big dumb brute giant. And so seeing those two kind of like <laughs> interact, I was like, okay. I, I just I love the team like I just yeah. love the team like the team was really I even like Rick Flag Rick Flag I hated in the first it was yes, like, wow. same, Rick Flag is so great here 
Literally, like, people kept asking. Another question that I got a lot was, who is your least favorite character of the movie? And mm-hmm. I honestly, I can't, I have no answer. It's hard to pick. Because yeah. even the characters that you don't like, like, you're supposed to not like them. And you enjoy, you enjoy the characterization. Like, you enjoy the way they're perceived, even when it's like, oh, yeah, that's a dick move. Um, that's intentional. And it, you know, I... I enjoy characters from being different to each other. I don't I don't need a character to be Captain America in order for me to like them, you know? Exactly. And I feel like that was, like, when I first saw Peacemaker, because I'm not familiar with Peacemaker in the comics, I believe, like, I first thought, like, oh, yeah, he's a twist on the Captain America kind of, like, archetype. Because, you know, with yeah. the whole, like, Peacemaker, and he's, like, very upright, and he has, like, the bright colors, and, you know, but he's on the Suicide Squad. Like, so what is this yeah. thing that, like, makes him... Like on the Suicide Squad, and then you find out very quickly, like, oh, that's why. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, but in terms of like least favorite, like if you put a gun to my head, I would probably say like, and again, this is like really, it's really freaking hard to like choose a least favorite character because they're just all so great. But yeah. probably, fuck, I I hate saying this, but probably like Ratcatcher too. Like, and again, like, I liked Ratcatcher 2 a lot. I loved the actress. I loved all the moments that she had. I loved her backstory, like, how they would, like, flash back to different characters' backstories. I think she probably has the strongest, like, backstory and, like, kind of, like, character motivations. But then in terms of, like, memorable moments from Polka Dot Man to Peacemaker to King Shark, she has the least of them. She has a lot of them, but she has the least of, like, the group. Because, like, whenever yeah. I think of, like, the Suicide Squad now, I think of, like, everybody else in the in the group and, like, those moments that they had. And then I'll go to Ratcat- Ratcatcher, too. Yeah. So yeah. that's the only reason why I would say she's probably my least favorite. But, again, gun to my head, I would I would still probably die saying, they're all great. I like yeah. them. They're amazing. Yeah. Uh, this is just a good I group. Honestly- I honestly can't think of anybody who I would who I would pick because I, I I really I I love I loved I loved them all I loved every single minute I will say Harley like has always been one of my favorite characters and I just she she was such a standout for me in this movie like people keep talking about King Shark and yes King Shark will see your heart like you know there's a, all of these characters yeah. I think are lovable in their own ways even the ones who are like kind of terrible people um right but but, and they did a good job of keeping them terrible people as well they're still all terrible fucking people they're not like yeah sure they you know they're dying to save the world and like you know i think the last suicide squad you're like okay they're kind of good guys but these guys are still just kind of like yeah yeah kind of like reprehensible motherfuckers and that's the yeah that's another difference that i liked about this film is i felt like the first one was very much like um, oh, well, these, you know, these are all, they're all, like, wrongly, like, the system didn't understand them, like, the exactly. fucking pyro guy, I don't even remember his fucking name, I was oh, like, I can't use my, pa- I'm Diablo. so scared. Oh, Diablo, Diablo, yeah. yeah. I, I killed my this, family, uh, that's why I'm so fucking, you know what I'm saying, like, it's you like. You don't know, you, you don't, don't know, know why I can't do this, it's so hard, my life is so hard, it's like, okay, yeah, no, <laughs> yes, you're sympathetic, we get it, you're sympathetic, oh, Enchantress. no, I accidentally opened a fucking, like, thing that I wasn't supposed to be fucking with, and now I'm in a fucking I'm witch. I'm tortured. Like, like, <laughs> just, just the one, just, yeah, not, not for me, not my no. favorite. No. Um, but yeah, I much prefer, you know, and I've, I've, I've said, I've talked about this a lot, how I much prefer characters who are like chaotic, yeah. uh, chaotic, like not, not necessarily, uh, good, not, not like they're bad people, but you know, right. like, you know, char- characters that have some moral ambiguity and, oh, and a absolutely. good dose of chaos. Yeah. Um, but I love Harley and this, this movie, God, I just, 
Carly in this movie was so great. I she was yeah. just such a standout for me, and I just I lo- I love Margot Robbie's interpretation of her. I love the way she was written in this movie. Uh, I think it was absolutely an incredible continuation of the character yes. from the Birds of Prey movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way like the way that her story is going in the in the DCEU that she's right. that she's involved in. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Birds of Prey, and I really think that like. This movie, Birds of Prey was about, you know, healing and, you know, she's a different version of the character. She's going through a breakup. And this movie, I think, was more like unadulterated, like the Harley that we know and love. And I I love both versions of the character. But yeah, I was really, I I love this so much. That was the Harley that the first Suicide Squad, like, wished it could have been. Like, again, she's great in that movie. But like here, you get like full force, kind of like Harley carrying the baggage of Harley. The yes. first Suicide Squad, like, tried to introduce Harley and give you that at the same time. But yeah. with this one, like, you know, it kind of assumes, like, okay, you know, like, Harley's deal. You know, like, her backstory. You know her baggage. And then it plays itself out in a way where, like, you know, whenever she's talking about a certain thing from her past, you go, like, oh, that makes sense. But it doesn't – if you don't know, then it doesn't, like, leave you out in the cold either. You can kind of, like, put either yeah. put those things together or you can go and search it up for yourself. So, like, like Harley gets one of the best kind of, like, montages – I'm not even going to, she gets a couple of great montages. Like uh, even like me being vague right now, like there's a couple that like come to my mind, but she all, she gets some of the best, like, you know, uh, monologues and she gets a great, like visually directed, uh, action scene that like, well, yes. I mean, she gets two of like a uh, two or three of those, but there's one in particular that like, I saw a bit of it in the trailer and I was just thinking like, how does that work? Like, why did I, why is that happening? And then when you're watching it, you're just like, oh wow that came together like amazing yeah. and it, it makes you remember like harley quinn is she's not to be fucked with she's not just a chick running around with a hammer but she's she's very uh she's very creative in the way she takes out like her enemies yeah no i mean so i think that like the first suicide squad harley was very much presented as like in in within the context of the dc universe and the story she was presented as like the the whatever equivalent of like the manic pixie dream girl like it was still it was still like a male fantasy that harley uh and harley and birds of prey and definitely harley in the suicide squad Mm -hmm. is is to me like a female power fantasy like it's very much like everything she does is on her own terms right uh and i think that the way because people have asked me a lot like oh like i worry that harley's gonna be be portrayed in a similar way to the way that she was in the first movie. Right. Not at all. Like, because no. Harley, Harley's amazing because she, she can be like, she is, she's gorgeous. Har- Margot Robbie, you know, right. um, but it's, it's much more like a female power fantasy in the way that like Superman is a male power fantasy. You know, right. it's like, yes, they are attractive in that. That is part, that is part of the fantasy, but it's focused on giving the characters autonomy and letting yeah. them be their individual individualistic selves uh, and achieving the things that are important to them. Like her story in this, in this film is not defined by any other character's motivations than her own, right. you know? Right. And that's right. pretty awesome. Right. And let's, let's talk about like just the, uh, the over like James Gunn's direction and like the way he tells this story. Like he does a very interesting thing where he plays around with the, the timeline of the story you know he jumps from here and then it's like oh yeah this happened this actually happened during this scene or like oh five minutes later like oh this happened a day before and the way he does it it doesn't lose you it works to perfect effect 
like yeah. to see one thing and then like it plays out and you're just like holy shit leaves you on a cliffhanger and he goes like oh 10 minutes before like and then you're just thinking like wait a minute i want to go back to the scene but the 10 minutes before like perfectly explains like it adds like a little bit more context to it and things of that sort yeah he does he just has like such a clear vision for how he wanted to tell this story and like this is exactly why the dc universe should definitely like trust its creators versus like trying to like smash together like this whole like universe or whatever because james like when it came to david ayer's when you compare david ayer's 2016 version to this one there's clearly like a studio hand in the 2016 version whereas this one it's like no this is a movie that James Gunn was very close to like he he loves the characters he loves just kind of like the whole like vibe of the Suicide Squad and he put that to the test and made it made something special so like I just want to like applaud like James Gunn his use of like visuals his use of color like his use of violence even the violence doesn't even feel like uh just like empty it's not just like shocking shock and awe for the sake of shock and awe it's like no like this is the world these characters are living in and like we're going to use this to like the best effect and he does it like just expertly like james gunn is like yeah and you know he did slither and slither was like the very same way it wasn't just gross for gross sake but it, it had like a purpose to it all yeah i'm really i'm really curious to see what fans of the existing dceu think of this film because yeah. i think a lot of the feedback that i've heard so far has been from fans of the mcu or marvel in general Mm. and i know that like one of the biggest criticisms that like people who are dc fans who get really uh, aggressive (laughs) about the mcu are like oh it doesn't need so much comedy like you know they they just it's all like it's disney-fied you know and it's like this film is definitely hilarious there's comedy like through and through which (laughs) i think even dc fans would have to are have to understand that like that's essential for a suicide squad story yes Yes. um but it's also no one could accuse it of being disney-fied and like like it is heavy themes the gore and violence is extreme uh and a lot of you know like dc a lot of fans of the dceu currently always talk about how you know they need the movies can be heavy and serious. Um, I didn't mean to do a parody voice there; it just came naturally. I'm sorry. No, that was actually <laughs> but, really that was actually really good. That was actually but, really good. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, I I think that you know, Snyder, Zack Snyder is the the prevailing like voice of of what the DCU right. looks like for the most part, and this is very different. Um, and you know, my my instinct on seeing this film was, wow, like what what if what if more DC films were were like what if Taika Waititi directed a right, DC right. film? Like everybody loved him and what he did in Thor Ragnarok, um, and another super beloved MCU film. Uh, and so it just made me think, like you know, what if, what if more DC films had you know directors like that? But I but I also have heard a lot of criticism, you know, from DC fans about about that, and that could just be like bitter comparison yeah because the mc is financially and and popular popularity wise like a bit more successful um but yeah. yeah i mean like i feel like the the suicide squad it definitely proved that having a director have like their specific vision like the james gunn understood the tone of the suicide squad like you already said it like, yes suicide it, comedy is essential in a suicide squad story it's literally yeah. a bunch of villains who normally would not be working together under such struggle, but they're under such an extreme circumstance that they're forced to. And 
some of them are going to die. Like there's not a suicide squad story where they all come out alive. And so like there's, there that's an absurd premise and a lot of fun to be had with it. So if they would have played it too seriously, then it wouldn't feel like suicide squad. It would just feel like something else completely different. And so you just have a perfect case of like James Gunn understanding the assignment, which he fucking did. And then just kind of like executing it beautifully and, yeah. you know, I, I hear the like, oh, you know, too much comedy in the MCU and like, oh, if it's too much comedy, it feels like an MCU film. It's like, no, it's like understand the understand what the particular like property needs. Like, obviously, and ev- honestly, everything has comedy in it. Like, it depends yeah. on like how you over if you overdo it or underdo it. Like I, this one of the saddest movies I've ever seen in my life is fucking Manchester by the Sea. I laughed a lot during that movie and yes. I cried just as equally. So with uh, something like the Suicide Squad, you know, it's okay to like laugh a lot during the whole time, but it didn't once ever sacrifice laughs for the heavy moments. Like exactly. They, like there's a moment between uh, Rick Flag and Peacemaker that's like just so hard hitting and so like poignant. Like just and just like like when you really like think about uh, outside of the movie, because I thought about that scene so much and it makes me think of like, you know, themes and things, just my life outside of the movie, that moment between Rick Flagg and Peacemaker, like they could have threw a joke in there and just kind of like yeah. threw the whole moment away, like similar to like a Thor Ragnarok when Asgard blew up and then Korg makes a joke about it two seconds later. Yeah. They let you sit in those type of moments and they don't. Yeah. Like, so it's it's a it's a matter of like knowing when to throw comedy in and when to like pull it back. And James Gunn was just a master at like learning how to do that. And I feel like when people get the brief when it comes to making a movie, like some people fall into the trap of like more jokes, more jokes, more jokes yeah. or sad moment, sad moment, sad moment, more sad moment. And it's like, no, it's all about the balancing act. And what this movie does yeah. very, very well is that it balances multiple tones. They don't clash and it all works in like a symphony that comes out as like a great movie. So yeah. we you know need what it more direction like that. Hmm. Is uh um and I'm I'm Tropic Thunder is what yeah. it kind of reminds me yeah. of. Because yeah. it's very much like it'll address these really heavy hitting themes and it's overlaid with a lot of comedy, but then there are some serious moments where it's like like it's mocking itself. It's yes. mocking the absurdity of the audience, like laughing at moments like this that are that are they really aren't funny, you yeah. know, like <laughs> and and it's I, th- I think that it's 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 a very clever way to do comedy because mm-hmm. I think being self-aware um, of the fact that a lot of times when we're laughing, we're laughing because life is hard and shitty yeah. and all you can do is laugh. And yeah. like that's, you know, I, I think that James Gunn really understands a lot about like, you know, the human condition. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he does. And like, like also, you know, the comedy is just big. When you really look at the characters, like who are aware that they're in this like kind of like situation, like comedy is kind of like needed. Like you're literally, you're literally out going on these missions, murdering people in the dead of night. And if all you know is like just kind of murder, like there's a callousness that kind of like comes with it. You know, like it's like it's like the old action hero adage. Like, you know, it's like the whole thing where like an action hero is walking from an explosion, chewing on a cigar and like the explosion just yes. doesn't like flinch them or whatever. And then they just say something because they're just kind of like, yeah, it's another Tuesday. It's it's the whole like I love the smell of napalm in the morning like type shit. Yeah. And so you have yeah. all these characters literally joking around about like oh yeah I've killed this many people and they get into a dick swinging contest about how many people they've killed and then there's like jokes about like oh you guys think we're good guys no like we're, yeah. <laughs> we're not and you know like but I we, mean, 
that's that's why and i i i i feel a little bit guilty talking about this because i like i understand how important it is like art putting yourself out there by creating a piece of art is so difficult Mm -hmm. um and critiquing that art is so easy um but i i don't i don't no part of me (laughs) wants an air cut of of the no. 2016 yeah, I'm, I'm Suicide good. Squad, I'm good on that. And I a lot of the a lot of the things that I've seen, like I've seen like compilation videos and stuff of people being like, this this is what we were deprived of, and it's like a somber, like beautifully sad, like poetic yeah. Suicide Squad. And I'm just like, I don't, I, uh, I, <laughs> I don't. I'm not saying that a movie like that about about some characters uh, couldn't be good but this is it's just not what i want out of a suicide squad movie and i understand the studio coming in you know to do reshoots and to try to make it kookier and zanier is not the direction that he was going for but i also i probably wouldn't have liked the direction that he was going for very much initially it sounds like and i can't judge uh you know a product that i that never got we never got a chance to see um and i hope that he has like going forward in his career he's able to you know have more creative control over the products projects that he's going for but i just yeah. think you know it, it i i think i think that there is there's more problems from from everything that i know about the original suicide i think there's more problems than just the studio stepped in in terms of right. narrative storytelling and 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 adaptation but right I, mean, I also yeah. I also hate that 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 is so much of the conversation is that comparing this movie to the to the previous one because you know yeah sometimes things just don't work out I'm an, I'm an artist I've made shit before that I'm like wow that did not come out the way that I was picturing <laughs> that's not how I wanted wanted that to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but I do but I do know that it's that movie stands out for a lot of people as like you know it's so bad yeah. and so it like taints this idea of yeah. what this one could be but don't don't let that. Don't let don't go into this movie holding on to ideas of what that, that movie was. Yeah, I said that in my review as well. Like these movies, like you, they're they're so different. Like it it mm-hmm. feels it feels wrong to compare them. I understand why people do because obviously you know people are very very sore and probably will forever be sore about what we got back in 2016. Yeah. And so when you get something better, then like obviously you want to go and say like yeah that one was shit. Like you know like I I, I totally get that. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, we just got to realize, like, that that one just unfortunately didn't come together. Now we have a much better version of, of, yeah. of what we should have got. And I'm good on the on the air cut. I was good on the Justice League 2015 version because I was like, I never thought we would get a Snyder cut. I'm glad yeah. that we did at the end of the day. I'm glad we, you know, got to flesh out Cyborg and a lot of other characters and, like, you know, actually tell that story. And the and Flash chain is fucking awesome. But, you know, when a movie is made, I'm just like, well, you know, like you get one shot, <laughs> you, get, you get one shot. This is what this is what happened with that one shot. And that's part of the fun of like movies, like of seeing a movie for the first time is like, you know, did they fuck it up or did or did they make something like special? And it's like, what did you do with the time that you had and the resources that you had? And what is the end product? And yeah. getting a movie that is not the best I can be I can live with that like I can like yeah. like I I love thinking about the last airbender being one of the shittiest movies that I've ever seen because I'm sitting I always like giggle to myself and wonder like what had to have gone wrong on that set to turn that <laughs> turn such well, great stuff into this I mean one of the one of the lesson that I learned early on I was taking a screenwriting class in college and uh they the assignment was like come up with 
uh, like some elevator pitches. So mm-hmm. like just like, you know, what what what's a one sentence way or one or two sentence way that you can summarize your story in case in case you find yourself in an elevator with an executive, a producer that can make it happen. And one of mine was like, you know, uh, a guy, a regular guy uh, gets uh, one day he has something slid underneath his door and it's a contract. It's a hitman contract or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so this guy has to has to figure out what to do in that situation because he knows too much and like does he do the job or whatever uh and when i when we were discussing it as a class the teacher was like oh yeah like that that sounds like it could be a rob schneider film and i was like (laughs) horrified i was like what well you got that from that i was like no but that was a very quick lesson to me that like as a screenwriter somebody might read your screenplay and have a completely different interpretation of it and if you sell that screenplay it might turn into a piece of art that you did not intend at all film is collaborative and as much as we love to, you know, give directors credit for the success of a film and give them shit when a film is bad, it's more than just the director. And that's one of the reasons yeah. why I like the Snyder Cut, the air cut thing is frustrating because, yes, sure, it's not 100 percent their vision that, that turned out in the end. But almost right. no films in Hollywood are like it's it, it's it, it's not, you know, these these creators there there are some directors that do a lot of the screenwriting for their own stuff and they they have a heavy hand in, in the entire production process but it's still at the end of the day collaborative and it doesn't fall on one person's success or failure very well said very well said <laughs> um so now that we've talked about suicide squad and i'm surprised we literally talked about this for like 30 minutes and no spoilers this this is right i'm, I'm like really I'm proud, proud of us, of us. yeah <laughs> <laughs> proud of us for that i'm like really like I was afraid at first, but we did. I know. I was scared. I'm just gonna slip out. We, you know, it's funny. Like in my, I wrote uh, in my review on TikTok. I said like, "Oh yeah, like this movie somehow got me emotional about a giant humanoid shark." And immediately, people were in my comments like, "You just spoiled it. King Shark dies, huh? He dies, doesn't he?" And I'm just like, "Watch the movie." Like I didn't. Yeah. All I said was, "I'm emotional." I could have been emotional. Because he died, I could have been emotional because he said something sad, sad backs. There are so many other ways I could have gotten emotional, but immediately yeah. people were like, you spoiled it. You spoiled it. He's dead. And I'm just like, just calm down, y'all. Somebody, I, w- I made a video about fridging and I referenced Black Widow mm. uh, and somebody in my comments was like, oh, great. Yeah, I just want to watch this video. And all of a sudden I get Black Widow spoiled for me. Yelena dies. And I was like, <laughs> didn't say that didn't say that at all didn't reference yelena <laughs> in terms of fridging at all uh black widow died like five years ago so i don't so. know what you i know <laughs> and i get it i hate spoilers but i just yeah i think some people are real quick to be the like gun. they jumped the gun on the spoilers <laughs> i'm not gonna see the movie now because you just spoiled it with this very vague ass fucking put together so megan yes. i have a question for you so what yes. would you rate this movie what would you rate this movie? I've been thinking about this a lot. Mm-hmm. I really do think that I would probably, and I again, I, I usually like to see a movie more than once before giving an official right, rating. Right. And we've obviously only seen it once, but we will both be watching it again. Really, we'll watching it again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think that if I were giving it a score out of ten, it would probably be like a. I, I, I want to say between a 9.4 and a 9.6. Okay. And I would have to determine that on, on reviewing. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a really good score though. That's a, that's a really good yeah, score. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I really love this movie so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me, like in my, in my TikTok review, I review out of five 
and uh-huh. I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. And that's just like literally right after like seeing the movie like coming out and just going like oh my god like that was amazing so like yeah. i think upon like rewatch and i'll probably do like another follow-up review once it gets released like in wide release and i'll watch it like on hbo max uh but as of right now it sits at like a 4.5 i guess like adjusting to your rating it's prop that's probably like what like a 9 9.2 9.3 something like that and yeah, yeah it's, it's very high in my book and that's and i'm still just kind of like geeking out and thinking about it and we've seen it like a week and a half ago like maybe like almost two weeks ago so still have like very fond memories of it usually I get out of a movie and I start thinking of like the flaws like after the fact like hello dark knight but like dark knight rises (laughs) uh not dark knight people are gonna come after me uh I can just I can just (laughs) see people like editing the dark knight rises part out and says look what he said about the dark knight but yeah it's that motherfucker i literally said (laughs) you know what i did say that suicide squad is now like my new favorite dc film which is true it's now my new favorite favorite not the best and immediately people were like oh so you're not gonna bring up the dark knight like oh this is no way in hell better than the dark i'm like nobody said better nobody's like what I said it. I said it, and I'll say it again. I do think it's better. I think it's better. I'm sorry. She the said Dark Knight said made up a fucking character, Rachel Dawes, that wasn't in the comics for the sole purpose of her to die for Bruce Wayne's Fuck, development. Right. She never has any personality, really. Like her character no. is like for half a second a girl boss of like, oh, I lawyered, lawyered, girl bossed, gotcha, and then she's dead five minutes later. The characterizations are great. The Joker is great. A lo- there, there, I have many criticisms of The Dark Knight. Do I like the movie? Yes. Is it, I don't think it's the best. No. <laughs> but again, but again, subjective opinion. Subjective opinion. Just to throw that out there for everybody's going to call me a hypocrite. Now I'm going to be watching The Dark Knight and just like every scene she's in, I'm like, damn, she's lawyering, <laughs> she's lawyering the fuck out of this scene. Like, because right? that's all she's really doing. She's just she, like, she li- there's, li- me, there's literally a... I'm a lawyer. <laughs> There's literally a scene where she comes in and Harvey Dent and I think like uh, it's Harvey Dent and fucking uh, Commissioner Gordon. They're all just discussing how they can indict like 60 some people. She pops out of there and then she basically just hears what they're saying, says some lawyery shit and then walks back like, yes, oh, we can indict all of them. That's great. Lawyering my way into like. Talk and it to- wasn't even her idea. She was like, oh, yes, you had my the idea for me. Thank you. Cool. OK, yeah. I'm going to. Yes. Yeah. What a victory for me. Rachel. Rachel was so boring. I'm sorry. I love that. I, I love that Maggie character Gyllenhaal. so much. I like Katie Holmes, but Rachel was just so boring. But yes, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. Yes. Conversation yeah, we, we can get day. into it another we, time. We now that I've opened that whole this. last can of worms. I can just see people just like. Like looking like uh, the dude who right before his head exploded in that one movie. Oh, yeah. Of, like, just like, what? Yeah. But, hey, <laughs> hey, again, subjective opinion. Okay. So That's it's right. all subjective. That's correct. But That's anyway, correct. but guys, thank you so much for listening to our latest episode of Geeks of the Week. Join us next Thursday when we have more episodes. We will actually be creating a spoiler uh, review of the movie, and we're going to be putting that on our Patreon. It will be the first video on the Patreon. So The long-awaited mythical Patreon. It's finally coming. It's, it's happening. finally coming. <laughs> it's happening. So if you guys w- end up watching the movie, or if you just don't give a fuck and just want it to get spoiled, then you know, sign up for our Patreon, and you'll be able to get that episode there. Um, also, as well, got a special event for everyone who is listening. Tonight, Thursday, which is, th- yeah, today is Wednesday, but t- in the future, tonight, <laughs> Thursday, <laughs> such a weird sense, Thursday, August 5th at 11.30 p.m. 
Pacific Standard Time, we are having a the Suicide Squad watch party on Sceneer.com. So if you guys don't have like a Sceneer account, make sure you make yourself a Sceneer account. And make sure you also have an HBO, HBO Max account as well. Uh, if you don't, get the free trial, bum it off your aunt, do whatever you got to do to watch this movie. <laughs> and we'll be watching, we'll be starting it at 1130 and we're all going to be together doing a virtual screening of the movie live. Uh, so it'll be it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be fun i hope to see you there megan you're also invited i know like usually i i, I invite you to these things beforehand but i just thought about it like so it's it's one of these no, i was i was sitting here like i i didn't say i could go but i will i will go <laughs> i'll <laughs> give you the, the we've got we've got like a psychic link now you just exactly. know like i mean i, I, I think you, you 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 watched like you saw me watching the movie in the theater and you know you know how oh my gosh guys <laughs> guys there was a scene there was this harley quinn scene like i have to i have to say what how much time do i have i have what what the fuck's the time anyway i think i have like four minutes i can say yeah. it in one um there's a scene with like harley quinn and i know how much megan loves fucking harley quinn and i and i was thinking to myself this scene is so goddamn awesome so i look over to megan she has the biggest fucking smile on her face and the scene was like four minutes long she yeah. held that smile like every like 30 <laughs> seconds i will peek over you just cheesing just oh. you had star looking at me too i at literally point pointed, I, I pointed I, at star i was like star, look at megan look at megan <laughs> Let up. You were just I was like, like a child. I could not tear my eyes away from the screen. It was amazing. Oh yeah, my gosh. Yeah. I like I wish I could have like snapped a photo, but we don't snap photos <laughs> in theaters. But like I just That's like, right. That that is like a memory that like I will hold in my <laughs> in my mind like to the day I die. Just like let us all appreciate something and fall in love with something and enjoy something as much as Megan enjoyed this Harley Quinn scene in the movie. I have never seen such pure I joy on an everyone. adult before. No, I, I want this is what we want the world to be. This is this is like what we're, this is what we are the world was talking about. This is the type of like pure <laughs> happiness that we need in this world. And so like I feel like anytime someone's feeling down or anytime like i hear something from the news i just want to pull up that photo and just say like you see this here this is megan watching the suicide squad be like that be like megan just- aim for that level of, of unadulterated joy oh my god yes and i want it again and I'm, that's why that's why i'm watching it as soon as i can physically again and okay. that's why you guys should join us yeah because it's gonna be awesome i need to watch more movies with you and just like have a camera like on your face the entire time that's what i i, I i'm ve- i'm very emotive people tell me i look like a cartoon character for a reason like <laughs> you did you did have like disney princess like wide-eyed vibes like during that i was just like oh look at her me and star just kept looking at you like oh <laughs> she's having so much fun yeah i can't even deny it I <laughs> you shouldn't own that own own that shit all right but once again guys thank you so much hopes to see you at the watch party and thank you so much for listening to geeks of the week you guys have a great week